Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Friday, March 17th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Of course, you know, today is St. Patrick's Day. And even though certain members on the progressive left want you to celebrate this day as Old Green Day, my co-host refuses to do so. She is the she-devil with a slingshot. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Oh, David, I'm great. Uh, very excited for St. Patrick's Day to fall on a Friday. So it is a non-abstinence day for us Catholics who are uh, suffering our way through Lent. Um, very exciting, but yeah. Once again, the left wants to erase the Catholic history involved in this holiday. And just uh, it's just about uh, wearing green and not even getting drunk, because apparently that's a uh, anti-Irish stereotype, as they say. <laughs> well, you know, Sheila, um, I, people might think I'm making this up, but this goes back to a story. I think yeah. it's a decade old. It was a um, school, Sewell Road School in Wilbraham, Massachusetts. And, you know. I think Massachusetts, I think there's a significant Irish population yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look look at Boston's uh, basketball team, the Boston Celtics uh, with the uh, uh, four-leaf clover yeah. logo. And this principal, Lisa Curtin, she thought that, you know, it's not inclusive enough um, for kids who don't have an Irish background. And, you know, that saint stuff, that's kind of a little, you know, too Christian-y. So here's the deal. They're getting away from Irish heritage by dropping St. Patrick's Day. But the naming of this rebranded holiday is O'Green Day. And Sheila, here's the insanity. The O apostrophe, fill in the name, is inherently Irish. There's not a lot of O Mohammeds in the world and O Sings and O Schmitz. You know what I'm saying? So... Well, the ostensible policy reason for dropping St. Patrick's Day is to get away from Irishness. They rename it as a day that looks inherently Irish <laughs> to begin with. What utter madness we're living with uh, in the world today. Eh? Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense because St. Patrick's Day, while it is associated with the Irish because uh, St. Patrick is, of course, the patron saint of Ireland, but the from my research indicates that the first St. Patrick's Day parade was held in the New World Colony of St. Augustine, Florida, a formerly Catholic stronghold there as well. So that's before St. Patrick was named the patron saint of Ireland, which is like 30 years later. So this is sort of like a transatlantic holiday where everybody can sort of be involved in yet uh, the left just loves to do away with history. Yeah, and I mean, they say on this day, everyone is Irish. How more inclusive can you be if that's the mandate? I've never seen an, you know, a pub on this day looking for ID at the door. Um, can you prove your Irish ancestry? It's just so ridiculous. But it just this shows is the you original, that. This is the original you get to identify. <laughs> this is yeah. like where it started, right? Yeah, so I'm sorry, Principal Curtin. And, and oh, by the way, aren't you kind of um, getting close to trademark infringement? I speak of the American band Green Day, most famous for its album 
American idiot. Uh, yeah, principal, I think you want to listen to that album because <laughs> you're coming as advertised. Anyway, Sheila, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about later how Ottawa is celebrating uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is, to use Boring one of your city. greatest phrases, <laughs> oh, the fun burglars are out this weekend in Ottawa, folks. You don't dare want to have fun because of, you know, the leftover PTSD of the trucker convoy of more than a year ago. But we'll talk about that story later. Sheila, what are we trying to do here, my friend? Oh, who even knows? Um, I also <laughs> want to talk about... <laughs> The other religious holiday taking place, I think it's in Toronto. Um, it involves icons and everything. So um, we'll talk about that in a second. It involves a scarf at City Hall. <laughs> anyway, um, we will, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Now, if you want to cue that up, Efron and Olivia. Um, but this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by David, sometimes I co-pilot. And we talk about the news of the day completely unscripted. And it's a great way for you to get involved in the show too, because we also take your viewer feedback. Um, if you're watching us on Rumble or Odyssey as your favorite platforms, great, thank you. It's obvious you care about free speech because YouTube, while we stream there is also a censorship platform. We're also on um, Facebook and Twitter. I think that's right, is that right? Twitter and Getter, sorry. Definitely not Facebook. Everything we say is unsafe for Facebook. But if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly on those two platforms, Rumble and Odyssey, they allow you to do something called a paid chat. On Rumble, it's called a Rumble rant. On Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. And it allows you to support the work that we do completely willingly. But we will also read your paid chats at the end of the show, but sometimes also in the middle of the show. But it's a good reason for you to stick around to the end. If you've given us a paid chat, you get to see what we think about what you have to say. I think that's it, David. Uh, let's um, go to, sorry. Oh, go oh, ahead. Shut up. No, I was just going to say, let's go to uh, Toronto. Because uh, my religion, um, interestingly enough, I'm Catholic. I don't think that sh is a shock to anybody. But sometimes we put the body parts of saints into altars. You know, we have religious relics. And apparently, uh, the cult of COVID science also has their own religious relics and they are on display in Toronto City Hall where a scarf, I couldn't believe this when I saw it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, at least I am I can admit that what I'm doing is religious when we encase rel relics in altars, but um, they're encasing it in some sort of altar um, at City Hall. A scarf that Toronto's medical officer of health Dr. Eileen Davila wore at City Hall during the earliest days of the pandemic is now on display in the building's rotunda. And they tell me this is not a religion. You can go pay homage, David. Why is it on display? I mean, I <laughs> like there's a scarf hall of fame at Toronto City Hall. I mean, Sheila, this is outrageous. I mean, and don't bring any more attention. I'm sorry to Dr. Cruella Davila. She was the one that was responsible for so many businesses suffering undue hardship. Uh, the oh great, God. the best case in point, <laughs> Adamson Barbecue, uh, run by Adam Skelly. Um, she literally sent in all the horses and all the King's men uh, to get that shut down. And as I've often repeated, uh, Sheila, cause we were on the ground covering that standoff for three days. Um, 400 meters down the road, a Costco 
food service facility was still selling hamburgers and hot dogs and pizza and french fries. That's okay um, for, I don't know, some reason. They always said science, but um, a guy, a little mom-pa restaurant uh, coming up, you know, serving ribs and brisket and, for my money, some of the best you can possibly find in the greater Toronto area. He did a fantastic job. Uh, that was offside. Um, I think we should have a, um, a photo display going back to, say, 2021 when Adamson Barbecue was shut down. I think that's her legacy, how as a cruel person, she's, you know, stamped out independent businesses like little bugs. Uh, but we're supposed to look upon this scarf. And, and I mean, why? She wore this scarf to, I guess, some uh, press conferences, Sheila. And I, I, I've never attached any kind of significance uh, to Dr. Davila in this scarf. But why are they making a big deal out of it? Yeah, I they did the same thing to Dina Hinshaw early in the pandemic. She would wear these like nerdy scarves and nerdy shirts that were like, sciencey and everyone was gushing over this like science lady who is telling us to end I guess all of our interpersonal relationships in the name of COVID science um and every time she would hold a press conference she would wear a kitschy nerdy thing and the media would all lose its mind can we go back to that Toronto uh <laughs> star article for a second because I didn't have my glasses on but I thought I saw something a little crazy there just scroll down. Who, who wrote this? What madman wrote this? Um, it says, it just go up, please. I'm going to read it off your screen. So slow down. Toronto City Hall visitors picking up permits, making their case at committee meeting or beelining to the library may now cross paths with a herringbone scarf ensconced in glass. The accessory tied and propped up as if worn around an invisible neck appeared recently on the main floor as part of a temporary installation on, quote, loss and togetherness. Again, no mention of job losses. Uh, three years from the onset of COVID-19, a banner identifies the scarf as belonging to the chief's, city's chief medical officer, Eileen Davila, whose affection for the adornment had caught public attention. At every oh, really? Brief, I, I don't know. <laughs> At every briefing, Dr. Davila wore a scarf which quickly became her signature accessory, the description reads, before rooting it in a single moment. It was at Toronto City Hall on March 19th, 2020, that Davila wore this pleated scarf with brown stripes and green zigzags. That was the day, the start of a try. That day was the start of a trying time for Toronto as pandemic measures began to lock into place. It was in that it, briefing, it was in that briefing that Davila encouraged, but not yet required, businesses such as clothing stores, hair and nail salons to shut down across the city. Okay, I'm done. Who, yeah. who did this? Who wrote this? Who thought that this was news? And who thought that that scarf was worthy of being treated like a religious artifact as part of their little cult? Sheila, that is the most relevant Victorian question. <laughs> Think Victorian of all the issues. Gibson, here it is. Sorry, David, to cut you off. Victoria Gibson, the affordable housing reporter, wrote this because naturally there's nothing on her beat because there's no such thing as affordable housing in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, so maybe the social justice reporter. I can't remember the name of that kook. Uh, she was unavailable to write this one up. But, you know, Sheila, what I find offensive, 
again, with all the issues plaguing Toronto, uh, violent crime skyrocketing, the fact that it's not safe to take public transit, gridlock, uh, vandalism and graffiti everywhere. I mean, this is not the Toronto I grew up in, Sheila. And some bureaucrat thought, at, like, as though the Treasury is overflowing with millions or billions of dollars. Hey, let's put up uh, one of uh, Davila's scarfs in a um, in a display case. Uh, isn't this fantastic? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think I could get by this more if they were to monetize it. They put it in a closet, and you got to pay a loony or a toony to go see it. <laughs> you know, they, you know, and, and get a return on investment. I mean, I know what a concept for City Hall, an ROI project. But I mean, I never thought of Eileen Davila as so connected to this scarf until I read this stupid story. And I mean, and Sheila, because the left loves to sexualize everything these days, why don't we put up a display of uh, Eileen Davila's underwear too, you know? Here Gross. are the panties <laughs> Dr. Davila was stop. wearing. When stop, <laughs> David, stop, stop. I'm serious. You that know, like, my... why not? <laughs> oh my Lord. Uh, <laughs> Let's just stay on St. Patrick's Day and religious holidays for a second and uh, the religious commitment of people who live in big cities to, I guess, exist in silence for some reason. Uh, let's talk about the Ottawa police um, yes. who want people to celebrate St. Patrick's Day responsibly. David, tell us about this. I have my theories about city people. Um, well, you know, I, and I should tell you, this is on the heels of the uh, Ottawa St. Patrick's Day <coughs> parade being canceled. Um, it wasn't running for the last few years anyways, but that was because of COVID-19. Uh, the official right. story is they don't have enough volunteers and not enough of a budget. I'm just wondering if the idea of floats going down Wellington Street might, um, you know, trigger the Ottawa snowflakes in terms of, uh, oh no, is this another trucker convoy? <laughs> That's my personal theory. But in any event, um, as far as I'm concerned, the only police service that had a press conference, hand in hand with bylaw, by the way, was Ottawa the other day, and basically saying <clears throat> that um, uh, we're the fun police and we're gonna be lingering outside uh, pubs. And if we hear excessive noise, because you know, Honk, honk, that's strictly verboten. Yeah. And uh, and actually, uh, the calling card of both Canada geese and uh, white supremacists, apparently, according to at least one Liberal MP, well, you're going to be getting a $490 fine. So can you imagine, again, bylaw and police in Ottawa, Sheila, have nothing better to do than to linger like creeps outside of restaurants and pubs that are just trying to get back in the game after years of misery of COVID lockdowns. And uh, if anyone, oh, I don't know, is singing an Irish song at uh, too high a volume, bang, almost $500 ticket for you. Unbelievable. What is it with people who live in big cities <laughs> and their desire to live in absolute complete silence? Like yeah. if you want to live in complete silence and not be troubled by the noise of the people around you, Moving into a municipality with close to a million people or more seems like counterintuitive behavior. I enjoy the silence, which is why I live on a gravel road in the middle of nowhere. But moving into a city and then 
living in one of these, um, I don't know, 600 square foot coffins that they call condos these days. And they're stacked upon each other um, in this like, I don't know, pantry of people that they call modern housing. And then complaining that you might hear somebody. What is wrong with city people? Toronto's like this at the dog parks. We know for sure that Ottawa is like this. But they did the anti-honking bylaw in Calgary and Edmonton too. They just, they, if you live in a city, expect people to make noise. And if you don't like it, might I suggest you live elsewhere? Oh, and Sheila, we, we only have a few days a year in which we have a celebration marked in the calendar, New Year's Eve, for example. Same with St. Patrick's Day. And the idea, okay, it got a little loud. And, you know, luckily, St. Patrick's Day is following on a Friday night. So what? Uh, people want to celebrate, you know, let off steam. But no, Alison Sanford of um, Ottawa Bylaw, this is what she says, quote, that's why you'll see additional officers, because we want to ensure that everyone is respectful of their neighbors while they're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, and they're doing it in a law-abiding fashion, end quote. And then we have uh, Ontario Police Service, uh, sorry, Ottawa Police Service Constable Mike Kudrasov. He says, quote, they have spoken, meaning the police and bylaw officers, <laughs> who went door to door to speak to Ottawa residents in the so last boring. few days. <laughs> they, so they boring. Have, <laughs> he says, they have spoken to both residents as well as potential party goers. And the message has been clear with everyone. We want everyone to have a good time, but we don't want disruptions to be happening. Do so peacefully and respect your neighbors, end quote. And if you don't, well, uh, on St. Paddy's, I guess the paddy wagon will be out uh, to round up people uh, after they've been given their $490 fine. What is it about this town, uh, Sheila, that it's the city that fun forgot? Yeah, it's like a sarcophagus for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in there and slide the lead lid over top and hope that nobody ever has fun again. Uh, it's These people are the absolute worst. It's one day a year and it happens to be on a Friday, which is not known as a quiet day in the bar district. Leave them alone. You can put up with people making noise for one day. Lighten up. Oh, yeah. And this Sandor uh, jabroni with Ottawa bylaw, uh, she's not done yet. This is how the story ends. If there's a house party, for example, and we can't get in touch with a tenant, we can actually find the property owner. So when a landlord gets a fine like that, they tend not to be happy and will forward it on to their tenants, end quote. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, no stone will be left unturned on this St. Patrick's Day night in Ottawa, Sheila. <laughs> These just absolute boring, like just insufferable, insufferable. Imagine having these people as your neighbors. Imagine <laughs> having your dog like bark at a squirrel and having these people as your neighbors. They're just absolutely the worst. Since and, when did progressives become so boring? Oh, and, and Sheila, imagine all this week bylaw and police officers canvassing Ottawa uh, neighborhoods. I mean, if a police officer came unannounced to my door knocking on it, the first thing I think of, there's a missing child, and they're going to say, yeah. did you ever see this person? And, and it's, um, uh, yeah, we're wondering. 
Are you planning to celebrate St. Patrick's Day on Friday? Because yeah. <laughs> we're going we've to had... be watching and listening, so keep the volume. <laughs> yeah, we've had reports of joy and merriment, and that can't happen in this district. Yeah, the worst. Um, let's, uh, before we go to an ad break, let's just quickly touch on something we talked about quite a bit yesterday, so I don't know if we want to linger on it, but uh, the ongoing controversy with... Um, Justin Trudeau's special rapporteur. Um, we've got, I guess, new information, or it's not really new, it's sort of hiding in plain sight. But um, so not only is he Justin Trudeau's family friend, probably changed the man's diapers. They went on vacation together. Yep. That seems like they're pretty chummy. Um, he's also the guy who uh, blocked Rebel News and True North's attempts to be in the federal leaders debate until we took him to court and yep. won twice, twice. Um, we also know that he has been pretty friendly with Xi Jinping. No surprise there. But yep. now he's supposed to be tasked with examining how just how much Chinese influence the liberals have benefited from, CISA says, 11 ridings swung the way of the liberals because of this, including Han Dong's riding in Don Valley North. And Kenny Chu and Alice Wong, conservatives, lost their ridings in D.C. because of it. But, you know, why not? Let's just touch all the scandals. <laughs> let's just get, oh, touch, let's just make sure that we hire the guy who's got his hands in all the liberal scandals. Maybe even he was counseled, like at this point, if, if I were to find out that David Johnson had counseled Justin Trudeau to fire Jody Wilson-Raybould, I would not be surprised because he's also an advocate for the Kielbergers and the We Foundation. Um, I think we have a clip. Do we have a clip or is that just from Holly Ann Doan? Yeah, I think we have a video of uh, Trudeau calling out uh, people uh, for calling out okay. um, David Johnson as uh, not being so unpeachable as uh, yeah. Trudeau is advertising. Yeah, let's, uh, before we go to that, so this is David Johnson. At, I mean, everything we know about David Johnson is just out there in plain sight. And Justin Trudeau just thought we would all just not even notice when, when he hired a close family friend to investigate him. Um, it's like when, uh, I think, when Han Dong did the investigation into his own nomination, he's like, yep, I didn't find that I did anything wrong. So, so it's fine. Um so David Johnson at Senate committee in 2019 says, I'm very heartened by what I see in young people. I mentioned the Kielbergers. Best single youth initiative that I've seen is Mark and Craig Kielbergers from Me to We and We Days. So we should note that for those of you who have forgotten this in Justin Trudeau's many, many scandals, that he created a COVID student bailout program for his friends. At the WE charity, it was to administer a nearly $1 billion program. And I forget how many tens of millions his little buddies were going to make by administering this program. And it was basically a bailout for the WE, the WE Foundation because when it came to light, like, hey, you can't give your friends sole source contracts worth multi-million dollars to administer this billion-dollar COVID bailout program for students. Like, why were they getting a bailout program? Um the Kielberger Foundation, the We Foundation, folded up shop. And the ties between Trudeau and the Kielbergers go back quite a ways. Uh, Justin Trudeau's family was getting paid to give speeches at their Me to We days. Like, I don't know why teenagers were interested in what 
Margaret, many names Trudeau, had to say <laughs> about being a young person at these things. But she was making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to speak at these things. Uh, Justin Trudeau's wife was being carted around the world to speak at these events, again, to young people. I asked my kids because they're young people. I'm like, would you be interested in what she had to say? And they're like, who? No. Um, <laughs> and I think when, by the way, I think it was at a Wee Day event that Sophie Gregoire Trudeau contracted COVID from Idris Elba and brought it back to Canada. I think it happened at a Wee Day event in London. So there's a lot of business with these Kielbergers. Um, and as it turns out, David Johnson big fan of the Kielbergers and the Trudeau family. So yep. I think that closes off the circle. And do we indeed have that video, Mr. Producer? Of Trudeau. Yes. Here we go. David Johnston has served this country in many, many different ways through a long and unimpeachable career. Uh, he served as our governor general. He has uh, served in many capacities and the integrity and the character that he has demonstrated every step of the way is absolutely unimpeachable. When we are looking to someone who will always put the country first and put the interests of Canadians at the core of everything he does, there is no better name than David Johnston, which makes it so astonishing, but also so clarifying to see the Conservative Party simply not interested in actually getting answers, in actually reassuring Canadians about our democracy, in actually finding out the truth of what's going on from experts. They are engaging in horrific partisan horrific. <laughs> attacks against a man of extraordinary integrity. And if everyone needed a really clear indication that partisanship is more important to conservatives than actual facts and reality. Their completely unfounded attacks on David Johnston are exactly that. Oh, oh, really? I, I think, Sheila, you went <laughs> over David Johnson's resume and no, these concerns are very, very founded. Uh, that line, uh, he has served the country, David Johnson, that is in many, many ways. Yeah, including, uh, I don't know, giving uh, blackface a cup of hot chocolate when he was a snot-nosed bastard on a skiing trip with the Johnson family. Um, and who is Allegedly. Trudeau, uh, <laughs> Sheila? to be the moral authority when it comes to who is and is not unimpeachable, when it comes to integrity, when it comes to character. This guy, this government with so many scandals, I'm losing track of them. This guy who has forgotten how many times he's uh, donned blackface. This guy who has groped a female reporter, even though he claims to be a feminist, but has a big problem with strong uh, females in his own cabinet. Um, this is chutzpah, Sheila. This is sheer unmitigated gall. I'm surprised he got through that little speech without breaking up laughing. You know, just it, every time they talk, right? Every time they talk, they are guilty of that thing they are accusing you of. Uh, horrific attacks, 
really horrific saying, I think he's probably a nice enough guy, but I don't think he's independent. I think that's the crux <laughs> of everybody's criticisms of David Johnson. And for Justin Trudeau, that's horrific. Most people are saying, yeah, he's, he seems okay. Like he's, we don't think he's a bad guy. We just don't think you should be hiring a family friend to investigate you on this issue. Um, and I love how Justin Trudeau now is like, obviously the conservatives aren't concerned with getting answers. Excusez-moi, pardonnez-moi, because yeah. I'm pretty sure last week getting answers was racist and you guys spent a week <laughs> filibustering. But Sheila- yeah, if, if, by the way, Katie Telford, could we get you to uh, testify? Because people want to talk to you about this stuff and you don't seem to want to show up. And Justin Trudeau told me that if you don't give answers, um, that you're not interested in getting to the bottom of this. So I'd love to see you show up now that your boss said that it's the conservatives who don't want to give an get answers out of this. Well, Sheila, I'm going to put a smile on your face and our viewers um, as I was uh, driving into Rebel World Command headquarters here in Toronto. I was listening to News Talk 1010, um, the last part of the Jerry Agar show every Friday. And Jerry Agar, he's the token conservative there. And he's also the only reason to tune into CFRB, by the way. But their last segment on a Friday is something called Touchdowns and Fumbles, where they look at various communication strategies. It's co-hosted with a liberal communications expert, Bob Reed. And this came up. What about the appointment of David Johnson? Now, they asked the viewers to text in fumble or the initials TD. Is it a touchdown or a fumble? Sheila, 88% of listeners fumble. Then to 1010, I, to 1010, which is like a liberal network for sure. Super liberal, 100% yeah. in Toronto. And then I wait with bated breath to hear what Bob Reed is going to say because he doesn't always agree with the majority opinion. And he went on and on about, you know, um, Johnson being a man of integrity, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, this is going to go badly. But no, even Bob Reed, a liberal communications expert, said that not only should Trudeau not have appointed him, but when offered the appointment, like I said yesterday, um, yeah. Johnson should have recused himself. There are too many conflicts of interest. So yeah. he agreed with the majority opinion, 88% fumble. I think that's gratifying. That tells to me um, the people ain't buying what blackface is selling. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a clip. I, it's Johnson speaking to Bob Fife. Is that who it is? CTV anyway. Um Let's show that clip, mm. uh, this one, yeah. A lot of Canadians don't realize that you, in fact, were a very good friend of Pierre Elliott Trudeau and that your family, uh, you knew all the Trudeau kids when they were growing up. His three boys were the same age as our five daughters, so we were uh, kind of a ski party from time to time at Mont Tremblant where we have a, a place and would ski on weekends. So we got to know the, the, the children and our friendship, our relationship was really built out of uh, childhood exchanges. A lot of Canadians don't realize. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. No conflict to see here, folks. <laughs> Nothing. Horrific. If you're like, no, I don't think you're, you're like lifelong family friend, rich friend where you shared a chalet. I don't think he should be the guy investigating you. Um, that's horrific, according to Justin Trudeau, if you share that viewpoint.
Yeah, and, and you know, Sheila, I go back to the original announcement of the special rapporteur, and Justin Trudeau, he couldn't contain his excitement. Uh, he was giddy. Now, if this was, you know, a truly nonpartisan special rapporteur, I would suggest the look on uh, Justin Trudeau's face would be like um, a, a man walking into the gallows, uh, for goodness sakes. But it was the opposite. It was like a, a child uh, about to go into a, a toy store with a $1,000 gift card. He was that excited and happy. Doesn't that make people nervous, given that we know with uh, blackface, the fix is always in? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he knows, though. Like he knows he just survived the last commission, um, even though literally every police force involved said we didn't need the uh, Emergencies Act to deal with the protests, the completely peaceful protests in Ottawa. Um, he still pulled the levers of the Emergencies Act and got away with it. So um, why wouldn't he think that he could get away with this too? Why wouldn't he? And he probably could get away with it. And he probably could have gotten away with it without appointing a family friend. Yeah. That's the goal of this all. That's how stupid Justin Trudeau is. He could get away with his China interference just by lying and ragging the puck. But no, he has to rub it in our faces by yep. appointing a family friend to investigate him. Yeah, it's like you know, that crazy Calgary mayor uh, actually bragging on social media that she's uh, doing yeah. unconstitutional policy work in terms of determining who gets to protest in the public square. Uh, what I'm getting at, Sheila, whether it's her or blackface, there is no shame. There's just no shame yeah. at all. But we should pick up another topic on the other side of the ad. So just check out uh, this uh, advertisement, folks, and we'll see you on the other side. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater. We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. Everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code TAMIRA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMIRA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, -A 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over, check it out. Well, Sheila, so much here, um, to tell you the truth, but um, why don't we do a quick update since it's in your neck of the woods? And that is, of course, uh, Pastor Derek Reimer. Am I reading this right? He's going to remain in jail until his bail hearing? Yes. So <laughs> once again... Was he carrying an illegal weapon? Oh, no, I forgot. That gets you uh, out on bail uh, these days, too. So his words were that offensive? Yes. Uh, so uh, for people who don't know, Pastor Derek was arrested uh, very recently, again, for breaching his conditions, which require him to stay away from everybody in the LGBTQ community or community events. So basically, he has to say, are you gay? Every time he goes to Tim Hortons to get a coffee. That's how uh, <laughs> onerous his restrictions are. Jesus. Anyway, and that is those are restrictions for his bail that he received on charges of causing a disturbance and mischief and six 
uh, anti-protest fines in the city of Calgary because uh, the mayor, at the, the mayor Jody Gondek, at that time weaponized an anti-harassment bylaw to basically outlaw people who protest at drag queen story hours occurring at municipal facilities. So he got six of those fines, was arrested, held for nearly five days before he had to sign his bail conditions because he had required medical treatment that he couldn't get behind bars. And then he is alleged to have breached those conditions. He was arrested. He remains behind bars now. I think we're headed into day two or three of the most recent incarceration. And uh, we had Angelica Toy in court this morning for the bail hearing. And once again, the Crown continues to not show up. So his next bail hearing for the breach is on March 22nd in Calgary. So it'll be pretty close to a week before he even gets a bail hearing um, on these on the most recent breach. And then he's back in court on the 20, if he they release him, which I doubt they will. Um, he's back in court again on the 29th to have his bail review for the previous charges and he could face up to a year in jail and ten thousand dollars in fines under the readjusted anti-harassment bylaw which is I, I believe they call it the safe and inclusive um something or other which is orwellian uh because it's neither safe nor inclusive if you don't think that kids should be sexualized in municipal facilities by men in cross-sex burlesque costumes, you will face jail time for that. Um, it basically outlaws protesting within, I think it's 200 meters of a city-affiliated facility, which is more broad uh, and more, I guess, dangerous because what does city-affiliated mean? Does that mean, oh, if you gave funding to this facility, but it's not a city-owned facility, or maybe the city gave funding to this event or project within the facility. Does that mean it's a city affiliated facility? It's it's basically creates a bubble zone around anything touched by the city where you cannot protest unless you get permission from the mayor first, because yeah. they don't outlaw all protests. The, uh, let's say Derek was holding a revival inside one of these facilities. Antifa could probably show up and protest him and it would be fine. Yep. It's specified protests, which means protest. you cannot hold a protest if the mayor disagrees with your cause. But Sheila, or you'll go to jail. This is where the left doesn't even understand the concept of free speech. No. We support, of course, uh, the pastor and his allies in speaking out against this drag queen story time perversion. But by the same token, I don't want the counter protesters banned uh, who support uh, these kind of drag queen events for whatever reason. Same with, uh, you know, think of any contentious issue, um, abortion, whether you're pro-life or pro-abortion. I don't want any side excluded from the public right. square. You can't cherry pick who gets to protest and demonstrate and who does not? And I am absolutely certain beyond a doubt, Sheila, that when this gets in front of a court, this ridiculous bylaw is going to be struck down because God help us if it doesn't. This is banana republic stuff. Yeah, and that's sort of the theory behind um, a project that we have in conjunction with the Democracy Fund. Um, so not only can you support Pastor Derek's legal fees at savepastorderek.com and you'll get a, a charitable tax receipt for that. 
because it's in partnership with the Democracy Fund, but we also have fightcensorshipfines.com. So if you're somebody who's received one of these fines for protesting um, because of this unconstitutional uh, authoritarian and quite frankly, Chinese style uh, ban on protesting, because this is what they do in Hong Kong, by the way. Um, If you get one, go to censorshipfines.com, submit your fine there. And uh, if you're accepted to the program uh, and we have no, let me be clear, we have no values test for this. Um, We will connect you with a really great lawyer at no cost to you uh, to help you fight this fine in court. And hopefully, you know, that we can get this bad bylaw overturned uh, by virtue of raising some constitutional challenges against these tickets. Uh, and just like with um, with fight the fines, the gathering tickets that people got during COVID, we were taking liberals, we were taking NDP supporters yep. because it doesn't matter because your human rights are not contingent on your political beliefs. That's, some, that's something I'm very proud of the conservative movement for believing yep. is is that we were helping anybody. If you got a lockdown ticket, I don't care how you vote it. I believe you have a right to gather with your friends and family unmolested by the state. And I feel the same thing about these censorship fines. I would fight a conservative who did this to people. And let me tell you, I have fought conservatives who do this sort of thing to people because there's a reason Jason Kennedy is no longer the premier in this province anymore, because it doesn't matter. We will go up against anybody who's stomping on your human rights and you have a human right to protest what the government is doing with your money at a municipal facility. That's a great point. And speaking of premiers, um, Sheila, you recall just 24 hours ago, I posed the question to you, where is Premier Danielle Smith on this issue? Because, you know, speaking out in defense of these anti-groomer protesters would be unquestionably part of her base. And lo and behold, uh, Premier Smith has come out uh, indeed to defend uh, the anti-grooming protesters. That's certainly a good thing, is it not? Yeah, she, the busybodies who work at the legislature, we'll call them journalists, uh, they wanted her to basically condemn the anti-all-ages drag show protesters. (laughs) And she wouldn't. Uh, She wouldn't, um, which is all that we want. I don't want her to agree with drag shows. I don't want her to disagree with drag shows. I want her to agree with people's rights to peacefully protest without being faced with a year in jail and a $10,000 fine. And finally, finally, once again, late to the game, but whatever will take it, the civil liberties organizations are weighing in. Uh, the I think it's the CCLA, so the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, or the, sorry, these are the good ones, the CCF. We like the Canadian Constitution Foundation. They are actually usually one of the uh, first ditch fighters as opposed yeah. to the last. Um, they are um, weighing in and saying that this, what uh, Christine Van Gain said Wednesday is that the bylaw is not content neutral, meaning the bylaw itself is biased against one political viewpoint. Uh, And she said the courts have been very clear. The right to freedom of expression is content neutral, as in you don't need permission or endorsement from the state before you can express your political viewpoint. She said, if these recommendations are approved, the proposed bylaws will protect all uh, Calgarians, including members of 
communities that have historically and currently experiencing exclusion and discrimination in our city. This is what the city manager, that what I just read there is what the city manager said about the reason for the targeted crackdown on certain expression in the city. It's because, well, these people have been historically discriminated against. So I guess we need to even the score by discriminating against those people over there. I, I guess that's social justice these days. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, Van Gain said the content of people's protests cannot deprive them of their freedom of expression guaranteed under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It's not for the government to decide what people can and cannot protest. And they and said uh, the law is unconstitutional, uh, should never pass, been passed, and the CCF is going to basically see the city in court. So good for Indeed, that. and that group, Sheila... This is important. They're not taking a position on drag queen no. story time, what, be it positive or negative. It's all about freedom of speech and expression and assembly in the public square, period. The issue yeah. is a moot point. It's all about that argument. And I think they're going to win. Um, I, uh, we have to pray that they're going to win uh, because this would be a horrible precedent. And you know, with the censorious thugs in Ottawa, you can just imagine how they would go to town uh, in terms of, of putting this out nationwide, what you can take a stand against and what you cannot. It's just unbelievable. But we should move on. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Um, here's a story. We meant to get to it yesterday. Wait, let's hit this one thing before we move into that one, because we should sure. do an ad break before we move into the thing we meant to get to yesterday, because my props are sitting just to the left of me here. Um, but we should talk about, um, finally, finally, uh, via rail, um, the vax firing of a via rail engineer was overturned. And this is a slap in the face of the federal government because railways were, uh, well, they continue to be, a federally regulated industry and a yep. federally regulated workplace. And yet, um, Via Rail has just had a decision against them. So the v Via Rail breached the Canada Labor Code in firing a locomotive engineer over his vaccination status. A federal arbitrator has ruled, this is in Blacklocks, doing great work, independent media, ruffling a lot of feathers in the uh, press gallery. Cabinet to date has not disclosed how many Crown employees were fired or suspended without pay for declining to show proof they took a COVID shot. VIA did not have just and sufficient cause, wrote Graham Clark, arbitrator in the case. The railway decided on its own initiative to add disciplinary consequences for non-vaccinated employees. Uh, the engineer who was fired was a good employee of 19 years. And... Uh, I'm shocked at this, actually. The Teamsters successfully challenged his termination. Wow. Uh, I'm, that's the most shocking part in all of this, is that a union stepped up to fight for their union members because they rolled over and had their bellies scratched by the feds the whole time. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially uh, one of the biggest uh, private sector unions, that would be Unifor, which is the... Uh, where most unionized journalists belong to, as well as automakers. And let's not forget 
David Cassidy of Unifor Windsor Local 444, Sheila. Um, and by the way, when I say David Cassidy, I don't mean the member of the Partridge family who had a number one song, I believe, with I Think I Love You, because this Cassidy, his song would be I Think I Hate You. Uh, he was going to round up a thousand auto workers to go to the Ambassador Bridge and grab violently the Freedom Convoy protesters in Windsor. And in February, I think this is what accounts to um, a potential death sentence, throw them in the Detroit River, uh, which is hardly Tahiti treat uh, in wintertime. Uh, yeah, that was your union. And I really felt, Sheila, I mean, this is great news about Via because, oh my, isn't it delicious how the tide is turning uh, with every passing week. Uh, this is just fantastic. But for unionized members, who were getting terminated or suspended without pay, which is basically the same thing, um, you were really at a disadvantage because if you go to a labor lawyer, the fact that you're unionized, you have given up so many of your labor rights. Yep. Most labor lawyers won't take uh, a, a wrongful dismissal case in a unionized environment, Sheila, because there's, there's no way to win it because of the rights you've surrendered. So the fact that this is a unionized uh, environment uh, flip. It that's huge. That is absolutely fantastic. And let's speaking. Let's, by the way, speaking of David Cassidy, his name came up in a story that I wrote up the other day for the website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Justin Trudeau. Uh, I got my hands on a readout of a phone call that you had during uh, the public order. Like the documents were in the public order emergency commission, and it would happen during the Windsor blockade. And Justin Trudeau told. Um, David Cassidy, who I assume just nodded along in agreement, um, that not only could, because Cassidy, in a moment of clarity, basically said, why aren't you talking to the, the demonstrators? Um, I, I don't know if this is before or after he threatened to throw them into the river. But um, basically, <laughs> uh, Justin Trudeau explained that there's no one to talk to because <laughs> there are no leaders of this group. Hmm. And the thing is being basically orchestrated from afar. He, here's what he said. The other thing is that there is, no, is there is no there there. I mean, who do we talk to? This group is being coordinated from afar. On the ground, in the protest, there is not anybody speaking for anyone, Justin Trudeau told Cassidy. That's weird because you were able to arrest the leadership uh, so you knew exactly who they were and who to talk to. Um, and from afar, what does that mean? From uh, the streets of Ottawa, where Tamara Leach was? Um, how oh, no, far sure. does he mean? I think he means from afar. I, I think he means Moscow. That's Remember, what he this meant. was. <laughs> That's what he meant. But I was like, no, it wasn't from afar, unless you mean Medicine Hat, Alberta, which is still. <laughs> In the country for now. <laughs> oh, and one last point before we go to an ad break, Sheila. Can you imagine, had that been a conservative saying to go down and target a group, beat them up, throw them in the river, which I mentioned is pretty much a death sentence when it comes to the Detroit River in February. If that was a conservative that said that, I think we'd still be reading about it. It still would still be front page. He'd still news. be in jail. You, 
Yeah, it'd be right up there with that $16 glass of orange juice yeah. uh, Bevoda bought, right? But no, because it's uh, a member of the Loving Left Unifor Union, uh, and like I said before, uh, if you're a unionized journalist in Canada, that's the union representing you. Uh, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Absolutely disgraceful. Folks, speaking of conservatives, we have Pierre Polyev weighing in on the seal hunt in Newfoundland. And he's taken the right stance, let me tell you. But first, check out this ad, and you'll hear what Sheila and I have to say about the fur industry. If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to RevenueStore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate. Go now and look so good like me. Wow, <laughs> Sheila Gunn-Reed, look at you. You look like, um, I don't know, a reporter with the Moscow Daily Bugle. Um, don't is, say that. The, I'll have to seize my bank account. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, boy, that looks fantastic. <laughs> I put it on and the cat came barging right in, thinking that she's going <laughs> to chew the leg off it again. <laughs> So um, we should get to what Pierre Polyev had to say, which was um, millionaire celebrities look down their noses at people in Newfoundland and Labrador. Oh, and by the way, the Inuit peoples who have harvested seals. Now, Shell, I'll tell you this. I spent two years of my life in the mid-70s living in St. John's, Newfoundland. And boy, oh boy, did I get an education about the vilification and the demonization of the seal hunt. And then, as now, it has not gone away from the Bridget Bardot's of the world and the green pieces of the world and on and on. First and foremost, um, why would animal rights activists dedicate themselves to protecting animals that, well, they're not endangered, they're not at no. threat. In fact, it's overpopulation. I looked at some of the stats, uh, Sheila, from 2022. The harp seal population, because what you see mainly of the seals being harvested, it's mostly harp seals and some hooded seals. The harp seal population, 7.6 million seals. 7.6 million seals. And the hooded seal population, uh, 650,000. And, you know, I always remember... I had this beautiful book given to me when I was a kid in elementary school. It was um, Animals of Asia, it was called. And I'll never forget, I, I, you know, uh, so many of the animals were either endangered or near extinction. And I came across uh, one, the Asiatic wild ass, almost extinct. And that's true uh, as it is today. Um, why is it that the Asiatic wild ass, where is Bridget Bardot and company uh, going to bat for the Asiatic wild ass. Oh, I forgot. That's one ugly donkey. But exactly. a harp seal pup? 
Oh boy, that's an instant teddy bear. In fact, I think Greenpeace makes a lot of moolah selling uh, little manufactured uh, harp seal pups. So I don't know about you, Sheila. I look at the Asiatic wild ass. I love Asiatic wild ass. I think that's a nice animal. Why don't the activists go out and protect that animal as opposed to the harp seal, which is not threatened at all? This is a greater societal problem. I am, uh, by the way, I'm overheating here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really, if you look at the like animal rights movement, it's largely a bunch of left-wing childless marms who are not going to have children for the sake of the planet. And so they look at these like cute animals, like seals and baby pandas and baby polar bears, and they look at them and they, I think it's, I'm going to psychoanalyze people I've never met, but I think they're offloading their maternal instinct onto these animals. And I think they should probably just go home, eat a steak and have a baby and not worry about these things. The seal population is decimating the fishery, um, which will, so not only are we putting the sealers out of work, but eventually the fishermen too. And all these people who care about social justice Guess who works in the sealing industry and the fur industry, by and large, by extension, it's mostly indigenous people. Yep. Most of the people who run a trap line are indigenous people. And this is a, a full frontal attack on the fur industry. So it's the seal industry, the sealers, it's all part of this global attack on fur. A bunch of people who have a don't have a problem with uh, people being murdered by cartels because of the avocado trade. Uh, They've got a real problem with disgusting mink being killed for their fur um, at a fur farm. You know, Sheila, to, to your point, 10 years ago when I was employed at the Sun News Network, I went out to cover an anti seal hunt protest at Young Dundas Square. The activists had this enormous inflatable uh, seal pup, which, by the way, language is important because they refer to it as a baby seal, right? It, it's not a baby like a human baby. It's a seal pup. Anyways. Right. There was, oh, yeah, but don't call an unborn baby a baby. Oh, exactly. Call Thank it a you. fetus. <laughs> Good point. So, a fetus. Again, this is just, <laughs> again, I say these people should probably just eat a steak, throw on some cowboy boots and have a baby. Um and they, they would probably feel a lot better about the world, but they are not having children because they care. They care about overpopulation and they care about mother earth. And so they're offloading all this biological imperative onto animals that are animals. They're not people, they're animals and we're supposed to eat them and wear them. A hundred percent. And here's the thing, Sheila, and I wish I had oh the God, video. I, gotta get I, out I of did this. a little <laughs> search. <laughs> I did a little search and, Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, you're uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I did. A, I couldn't find it, but there was a Green Party member, a Toronto Green Party member, at the demonstration, of course. And um, I went up to her and I said, "Why are you against the seal hunt?" She rattled off the reasons, and then I said, "But you know, so many of the sealers are native, and..." This hunt is so important, it can be as much as one-third of their annual income, right? This one hunt alone. So she said, oh, well, no, we're we're not against natives hunting the seals, hmm. right? We would have an exemption from that. So I said, oh, that's interesting. So you're not 
anti-seal hunt. You are pro-race-based seal hunt. Yeah, and Sheila, it was like Bambi staring into the high beams of a Hummer on the 401 doing 150 clicks. I just held the microphone in front of her and she literally said this. She turned to her assistant and she said, Amy, help me. <laughs> it was like a, a computer malfunctioning. And I will say this too, in case you think this is all about uh, the fur, that's not true either. No. There is the oil and yes, there is uh, there's an edible component. When I was in Newfoundland sure. in season, you could go to Sobeys and you could buy seal yep. flipper pie. The entire animal is used. Like I said, it is not endangered. The, quite the opposite is true. You could argue that's an overpopulation. And yep. it's all about the optics, Sheila. It's yep. all about those seal pups. And I, I admit I'm an animal. Or, it's a beautiful, beautiful creature. But that shouldn't take away from the science. Go and demonstrate for those primates, those rhinos in Africa that are, I believe the the white rhino, the white northern rhino, there's only two left and they're both females. I mean, that is a species on borrowed time, not a bloody harp seal whose numbers are almost 8 million. Yeah, this is, there's a reason why the environmentalist left always adopts the polar bear, the cute, white, fluffy polar bear as their mascot um, to sell their global warming agenda, even though there are more polar bears now than there were when they started counting them. So Correct. They're, they're not dying of climate change. If the world is indeed getting warmer, and I'm not sure that it is, and I'm not sure that you could ever measure that. Uh, polar bears are reaping the benefits of it, but yeah, the, it's a marketing scheme, right? It's that's all it is. It's a marketing scheme. It's the reason why they don't care about your beloved wild ass and they care about uh, baby seals. And, and you know what, that's another thing too. There's so much misinformation around the seal hunt yeah. um, that they are harvesting these white seals, meaning they're young. That's just not true. Um, and it, taking any animal's life, is gory. It can be gory. And so there will be blood on the ice and it's hard to look at. Um, if you prefer your uh, animal protein in a package from the grocery store, but somebody else has to do your dirty work along the way. And it, whatever happens at the kill, kill floor in the abattoir, um, that happens on the ice and yeah. you know, a blood is spilled and that's just how it is. Um, it's, you know what really it opened a lot of people's eyes to this nonsense was um, the anti-fur people were perfectly fine with, I think it was like 17 million mink in Denmark hmm. being culled because the mink could be carriers of COVID. And for oh, me, that was yes. like the greatest um, yeah. demonstration of how actually they don't even care about the animals because if another crisis comes along that they are more scared about that there's more social justice they'll go with that because it's higher up on the totem pole. And yeah, they the anti-fur people were like, yeah, the, you know, this mink we wanted to set free, which by the way is a terrible idea. Do not set mink free. <laughs> they, uh, they're an invasive species where they do that. Um, but yeah, they were perfectly fine with the mink cull 
but just don't use the fur uh, after we murder them because of COVID. Why wouldn't you use the fur? One last point before we get to the super chats, Sheila. Uh, again, back when I was in Newfoundland junior high school, um, and I remember coming across a story. I'd have to research this to make sure it was authentic, but there was a period in which, you know, the celebrities and the hippies and the environmentalists, they'd come out onto the ice flows and they would have a, a can of green spray paint, for example, and they'd spray the um, harp seal pups. Uh, Paul to make McCartney the, did that, I think. Pardon me? I Paul think McCartney. Paul McCartney might have done that. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, mission accomplished. You've ruined the pelt uh, in terms of its commercial viability with all that paint on it. But guess what? Uh, turns out that those seals, those pups that were spray painted, right. the mothers were rejecting them. There's another reason that seal pups are white. It's the same reason that baby deer fawns have speckles on them. And it is uh, an evolutionary trait that helps them survive to adulthood. So baby pups on the ice are white and they blend into the ice. Yeah. That's why the only little dark. So what they were doing was they were making these baby seal pups visible yeah. to predators by marking them with green, <laughs> thinking you're going to save them from the sealers, yeah. even though they're not allowed to take baby pups, but you were marking them for death for the polar bears and other predators and killer whales and things. Oh. So, Great work, environmentalists. That, that's a great point, Sheila. For the, the orcas and the polar bears, uh, you've turned that <laughs> seal pup into basically a Las Vegas casino with all these lights flashing. Look, free meat over but here. It shows, <laughs> it shows how disconnected animal rights activists are from actual animals and yes. actual nature and actual wildlife. Like, There's a reason why people like me and common sense people like you, David, would understand that the young of the species looks different than the adult of the species. And the young of the species often have different camouflage than the adults because they're hiding lower. <laughs> like they're smaller. They have to hide differently. And it's an evolutionary thing. Uh, but no, these... Uh, these people are just absolute idiots. They care about the animals, but they don't know a damn thing about them. It's like people who who care about animals and then they're like, my cat's a vegan, just like me. And I'm like, your poor cat's going to die. Don't do that. <laughs> Indeed. As I say to all these activists, Sheila, leave the seal hunt alone. Focus your energy on species that really are uh, at threat or endangered or about to become extinct. There's many, many, many of those animals, including my beloved Asiatic wild ass. Anyways, let, what's that? Save the human babies. That's where I'm at. Just save the human babies. <laughs> so, Sheila, we should get to some chats because we're already uh, 10 minutes past the hour. And I know you've got yes. things to do. Yes, I definitely do. A not paid <laughs> chat, uh, Yankee Clifton put in the chat, says, Sheila, where's the fur? Well, I showed you the fur. There's more too, but it's just really hot. I have a space heater in here and um, I'm wearing a sweater and I already have like this uh, beautiful, um, what would we call it? Badger pelt of hair on my head. So I do get kind of warm as it is. Um, but yes, I did wear my fur. Um, and you know, we should give a shout out to the late, great Raquel Welch. She just passed away last month. Uh, she is still looking good for a lady in her eighties. And uh, that iconic poster of her, um, what was it called? It was a prehistoric movie 
where she's wearing wearing oh, that yeah. fur bikini. Um, I just can't get that out of my mind. Uh, and, uh, and you and sent you me a good. picture of it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, it is. You sent look me this at that. picture yesterday. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You, you, you can make the, no, I, there's a joke in there somewhere, but uh, I'm remembering what the vice president told me the other day. So I'm going to censor myself. So uh, there you go. But, but she must, you look. She must uh, have been the, so sweaty in that, by the way. You gross. think so? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe. I'll overlook that. <laughs> yeah. I have a coyote fur trim jacket too. I was going to wear that, but um, I didn't allow myself enough time for a proper costume change. I don't know how you do it, David. Okay. Jeffersonian Patriot gives us a buck. Love you guys in Canada is in my prayers. Thank you. We need oh, it. Thank you. Uh, Medic Deb, five bucks. You rock. Thank you. Uh, Medic Deb was really um, giving her the other day uh, with uh, with her donations, I remember. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, wrong Way 54, five bucks. Just wondering why only Maverick Multimedia is streaming the National Citizens Inquiry on the COVID-19 response on day two now i'm not sure because they're probably on location where they are um yeah. we have done some covering of the national citizens inquiry um they sort of got off on the wrong foot because <laughs> they i mean they should have assumed that the mainstream media is not going to cover them yep but they announced the launch of the national citizens inquiry on parliament hill where independent journalists can't go because we're not members of the parliamentary press gallery cabal of our competitors who decide our membership. Um, so we couldn't even cover their launch. And so I emailed them and I was like, we can't even cover this. Like, how do you not know that independent media can't go to this thing? And I think they've sort of fixed that, but I was uh, slightly annoyed at their lack of awareness of what independent media have to go through in this country just to do the news. No, no, Sheila, that was a, an, an an unbelievable strategic error because you're right. The mainstream media uh, looks down upon them and we can't get into the building. But they know that they know that um, Blackface's media core has to be approved. And of course, we're not approved. So yeah. um, I, I just wonder why they did that. But I can tell you, I believe our beloved colleague, Tamara Ugolini, yeah, um, she she's going to be covering uh, this group when they are in Toronto next week. I think it might be Wednesday and she'll have a report on that. And, and over the years of the COVID lockdowns, a lot of the people that are part of this, uh, we have interviewed and we have given airtime sure. to. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I think Dre is going to cover it when it comes to the West coast. I, I also have a slight criticism of this, although, you know, what. I welcome fellow travelers and converts to the anti-lockdown movement um, because we can't be out there evangelizing the good word of freedom. And then when we get some converts, we're like, we, we give them the ideological purity test in reverse. That's um, that's leftism, right? That's cancel culture where you put people through the lens of history. But some of these people who are involved in heading this thing up, I want to know where the heck you were the last three years. <laughs> now, like you get to come along and do this official examination of what everybody got wrong. Where were you to say, Hey, you're, I think you're getting it wrong as they yeah. were getting it wrong. That I find slightly annoying Preston Manning. Oh, Sheila, let's be fair now. I mean, it was the Canadian uh, civil liberties association that did great work in making sure that 
prisoners were being socially uh, distanced properly by, oh, you know, releasing violent offenders into the That I worry more about that than a COVID virus, Sheila. Well, they were advocating for the prisoners to get let out while not saying a word that pastors were being sent there in their place. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now they're, now all these people are like the great saviors of freedom. And I'm like, <laughs> there, you were nowhere near any of wow. this. Why, while the bonfire of civil liberties was happening in this country, Preston Manning. Anyway, I'll be quiet. Uh, Medic Deb gives us five bucks. This says never stop. And then AMT60 gives us five bucks. Are you aware TD Bank is sending messages to customers about a new digital banking ID? If you refuse, you won't have access to online banking, TD app, or access card. Closer to CBDCs, can Rebel investigate? I'm with TD. Me too. And I can, yeah, I can still access my stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I ha- have you heard anything about that, Sheila? Because I'm a TD customer as well. I uh, got a, a a message from them the other day, and. Uh, it was something along the lines of, uh, you know, you've got to up some baloney, you got to update. I never do. Um, and I can still get into my bank. Uh, uh, you know what? App, so thank you for reminding me. I'm so sorry. I remember uh, we received either a letter or it was an email, which Lady Menzoid printed out uh, changes <laughs> to the agreement of terms of service. And um, it was so long that I, I just let. Lady Manzoy do all the reading for me. I found it just too boring, me being a bare, very little brain. Uh, she hasn't found any gotcha moment yet, but she's still not finished reading it. Maybe it's in there. So I want to thank yeah. AMT640 because uh, maybe somewhere buried in the, and I'm not kidding you, Sheila, it's pages and pages of eight point type uh, of I know. legal mumbo jumbo, but maybe they've snuck it in there somewhere so I'll, I'll take another look yep uh regarding uh sorry uh oh my uh this is regarding uh trudeau on johnston medic deb says omg horrific yeah it's horrific yeah. when people oh. say i think he's a nice guy but he's the wrong guy for the job yeah blackface doesn't think so and yeah. <laughs> There's our moral authority in Ottawa. How dare we uh, have a contrarian opinion to that, Sheila? Yeah, idiot. Maminka gives us 10 bucks. Another conflict of interest. I'm losing track of how many similar <laughs> conflicts took place in the past. Yeah, it's just it's like one conflict of interest after another, after another, after another. Uh, Medic Deb, uh, five bucks. Love you. Thank you. A court mocker, two bucks. For those uh, those who make peaceful revolution impossible, will make violent revolution inevitable, JFK. Mm. Funes gives us five bucks. I went to church where I prayed to God. I asked him to send as quickly as possible one million moths (laughs) to descend on Trudeau's sock closet to eat up his socks. (laughs) A plague of moths. Uh, Medic Deb, 20 bucks, nothing to see here. Fraser McBurney. Fight the Fines Recidivist from one of the um, most progressive places in the country, Hamilton, um, and a big fan of the Caps Lock. Uh, five bucks. Talking about fines in court, wish me luck as I have my case on Monday, 9 a.m. for serving coffee at our rally. Wow. Holy and then he smokes. Links, links back to uh, Tamara's story with him about 
how he was charged after he offered coffee to people for not social distancing. Well, I was that in Hamilton because, as you know, yeah. Sheila, I received a three hundred and sixty dollar ticket not for being part of any protest, but just for covering the protest. I think at this exact same place. I think that's where you were ticketed in Hamilton. The square. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ableist SL, five bucks. In regard to the woke sex ed crap, what the F do they refuse to use medical diagrams instead of drawings that look like they fit in cartoon porn? Yeah. Also said art by itself may may violate the infamous lowly Shotokan bans. Okay. Um, and I think that's it. We are 18 minutes over. I have to put away my uh, fox stole before the cat chews it. Um, and I think that's it. We're all caught up. Well, you look resplendent in all that beautiful fur, uh, <laughs> Sheila Gunreef. So thank you for harkening back to your modeling years and putting on a oh, little yeah. show for the viewers. <laughs> but, uh, well, My modeling uh, years. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. In any event, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, especially those who gave a financial contribution. It's how we uh, pay the bills around here. And thank you to super producers Olivia and Efren, and of course, my um, lovely co-host, who looks all the lovelier when she's donning beautiful fur right here <laughs> harvested in Canada. Sheila and I, I believe, uh, will be back on Monday. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay, then. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. And as always, stay safe and stay sane. It's Justin Trudeau that is hurting Canadians' faith in our democracy by covering up the interference by the communist Chinese government in our elections. He's known about it since at least 2017, six years ago when he began getting detailed briefings of this interference. He covered it up. He did absolutely nothing to protect our Chinese community against intimidation and our elections against foreign manipulation. Still, he covers it up, fighting against an open public inquiry. We really have to wonder, what is it that he has to hide? Uh, and it is Justin Trudeau that has put uh, Mr. Johnson in this terrible situation by naming a member of the China financed Trudeau Foundation to perform this role of looking into Beijing's interference in our election campaigns. Uh, that was Justin Trudeau's error in judgment. And all of this points to him covering up the truth because he's afraid that Canadians will find out how he failed to stand up for our interests and instead stood up for his own.